That truth right there is, uh, is one of the central truths of, uh, of our walk with the Lord. And God is working all things uh, for good in our lives, and it's hard to see at times. Hard to see at times, but He's making us more like Jesus through it all. That's the best thing of all. But even as uh, we look at uh, the topic that we're going to look at, um, the theme that we're going to look at today as we, as we look at how things are laid out in the Bible of things to come and, and just get a general overview of the timing for things. It can, it can look like a, a, a portrayal of, of, of darkness. But, see, the heart of a good God, His plan, His good plan is going to stay intact through it all. And don't succumb to the, to the temptation of, of dwelling on Satan's plan more than God's plan. Because the reason why God takes the time to disclose some of these dark things to us is for them to be contrasted with his, his beauty, but also to all the while be giving us assurance that there's no reason for our heart to be troubled. And he's a good God. He knows who you are. He knows the good plan and the good thoughts that he has for your life. And he wants to be with you forever. And he's made a way for all that to be accomplished. And when it comes to, to God's paramount plan for the ages and his personal plan for you, nothing can thwart that ultimately if we, if we, if we uh, uh, depend upon him. And, uh, you know, we can, we, can, uh, we can mess with God's personal plan for us because he's given us choice. He's given us, he's given us a will. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, but at times we do. We do mess with his will. We're not robots, right? Can robots have a personal relationship? <laughs> no. Um, a strange thing that's going on where, where uh, there, there's talk about, and there's, there's quite an advancement on, astoundingly, when people, you know, they just build the Tower of Babel over and over again, but now the Tower of Babel has become combining um, technology with, with humanity to make, as they call them, superhumans. In other words, taking the best of what, God, uh, what man can find in technology and combining it with what has happened through the evolutionary adaptations that we see in human beings and making something even better. Who do you think is behind that? <laughs> God said creation was good, and then he said man made in his image was very good. And the only way you can improve on the, you know, humanity as it, as, as it enjoys the gift of life 
is by attaching yourselves not to man's devices, but to the God who created us, to the life-giving God and his eternal power and plan. And so when we talk about prophecy, and I'm just bringing it down to, to, to the, the, the more basic, streamlining it to the main truths. You know, we just come back, God is good, and, and God has the plan. And we're not putting these things out here to scare or to be sensational, but just to glory in those things. And, you know, to, have you noticed, once again, how Israel is right in the middle of, of everything? And didn't God say that was going to be? <laughs> and isn't it amazing how God's word is just still 100% on course today, like it always has been? And... It's interesting, Ezekiel talks about in prophecy that one day uh, Persia and some others are going to rise up, especially and attack Israel. We know Persia is Iran. Modern day Persia is Iran. Now, are they, are they, are they uh, full out? Uh, is it Iran making war against, uh, against Israel? Not full out a front right now, but... Uh, they're funding it. They're finding out. These are uh, these are our, our little proxies of Persia <laughs> that are that are shooting these missiles at uh, at Israel right now. And so this is a precursor again. Like uh, people have tried to say, well, this is you know this is the Antichrist. And you've probably heard through if you've lived for for you know a while, you've heard different people that have preached maybe pretty dogmatically. We, we see this person as the, the, the Antichrist, and, or Jesus is going to come back on this date. When you go beyond what the Lord has really disclosed to you, you, uh, you end up you know, looking pretty foolish. And I'm not even going to... I don't try to, 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 to tread on those, uh, on those grounds. I do know that one day... Um, the little horn, the beast, we saw his counterpart, we saw the character of the little horn. If you, haven't, uh, if you didn't hear that message, you can go back and, and listen to it. But uh, um, There's ways to access that. But then we saw the counterpart, which is the beast in, in Revelation chapter 13. And today we're going to look at a little bit of a, of a chronology of that. And we know that, we know that he will be revealed one day. In other words... To Christians that are there at that time, I believe that they will know, to the Christians that are there, they will know that that's, that's the one. It will be revealed uh, to them. But for right now, what's revealed to us is that this is going to happen one day, and his, his character and his spirit, really the spirit of the one that's going to indwell him, the God of his world, is, is revealed to us. And the spirit of Antichrist, this is going to be a two-part message uh, t uh, um, this morning and tonight. And so if we want to get the second part of this message, uh, um, you know, you'd have to be here uh, this evening, uh, if, if possible, or catch it in some other forum. But, um, and so we know that he's going to be, we know that he's going to be uh, revealed. And we know that we just need to be aware right now as Christians what that spirit is. 
Because the spirit of Antichrist is here. Is the beast or the little horn alive today? I don't know that he is or he isn't. And I'm not going to try to say that I would think that it's who he is or who he isn't. It hasn't been revealed to us. In fact, I think we're going to see in the chronology uh, uh, of what the Bible says that uh, from, from, from anything, everything that I can see is the way the Scripture lays it out. We won't be there for the revealing of it. But we are here for the spirit of it. And we can see the stage being set for it. We can see everything coming together in a way that you can, it is very plausible now that there is going to be a one world economy. That in order to buy and sell, you're going to have to identify with a certain system and with a certain uh, uh, way of, of, of thinking, a certain philosophy, an anti-Christ uh, philosophy, as it were. But through all that, as a Christian, we should always keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. <laughs> because if we, if we are in good relationship with Jesus Christ and we're walking closely with him, that's going to take care of all of that. And we're going to see that closely tonight because the last part of the message is going to be, after we look at, at uh, the chronology a little bit this morning, maybe uh, carry that into tonight uh, uh, a little bit as well, we're going to see then the Christian. How does the Christian uh, respond to this? And uh, the Bible gives us some very, very practical things in that regard as well. So let's uh, pray the Lord helps us over the next uh, 20 minutes or so uh, just to build on this a, a little bit. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you work in our midst as only you can, and that you'd open these truths up to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to, uh, to 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, as you turn there, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. There's some things that are secret, and God's not going to tell us. God's not going to tell us, for example, the day and the hour of, uh, you know, the return of Jesus Christ. There's, there's things that he tells us and there's things that he doesn't tell us. What he does tell us, we can take it 100% to the bank. What he doesn't tell us, we don't need to know. And there's no use guessing about it. Well, we can if we want, but, you know, just admit us a guess. But the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. That's a beautiful thing right there, isn't it? And so God has, has, has given us a, a, a truth to function in. And, you know, God has not given us the time and the hour of, of Jesus' return. And the reason why he hasn't done that, and, and Jesus taught this, and, and the apostles taught this as well, the reason why he hasn't done this is because if he, if he told us, you know, the date and the time, then we'd get lackadaisical, wouldn't we? We'd be like, well, you know, Jesus isn't coming until this time. He's not even coming in my lifetime. And so, you know, we, we, we tend to fiddle around, wouldn't we? That's just human nature right there. But if we're living, you know, our lamps are trimmed and, and we're living in expectation that it could be today. And when it could be today, because <laughs> that's what the Bible tells us, you know, the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, like we sang about this morning, and that's going to sharpen us a bit, isn't it? That's going to keep us alert. That's going to help us be sober and be vigilant. Even because we have an adversary that's working at the same time. But we're going to be working because, you know, uh, the night is coming when no man shall work. And, and we don't know when that is um, exactly. 
And so Jesus taught this. Jesus said, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. That's what Jesus said. Um, James said, the coming of the Lord is at hand. The judge stands at the door. Peter said, the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch. John said, and now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And Paul said, for yet a little while, and he shall come, that uh, he shall come, will come, and will not tarry. And so Jesus and all the apostles taught us as Christians that the, that the return of Jesus Christ was imminent and that we needed to be ready for it. And that there's really nothing that we had to point, point to, uh, you know, exactly, specifically to say this is going to happen uh, before, before he does, uh, it does come. Now, there's those, there's good Christian people that disagree with me on, on the point that we're going to go to here in just a moment. That's okay. That's okay. Ultimately, it doesn't change the fabric of what we're, we're, we're a part of. But I do think it changes the perspective a bit, and, and I think perspective is important when it comes to us living our lives as, as, as Christians. And that's why I wanted to mention this by way of, of introduction. And so we're focused on Jesus Christ. And we're prepared for the coming of Christ. And if we're focused on Jesus Christ and we're walking with him today and we're prepared for the coming of Christ, then everything else we face within that framework, you know, we're going to be okay. And uh, we're going to have victory um, in those things. And, uh, and so um, there's a lot more we could talk about. That's the problem with preparing a message like this is, you know, when it comes to prophecy and all the various scriptures, There'd almost be no end to the time you could spend on it. And uh, I have some other things in my notes here. But let's, let's go, to, let's go to, uh, uh, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians. Did I correct you and say first? I was right the first time. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Yes. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Isn't that going to be a wonderful thing? That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. Now, uh, Paul had become aware that these people, these beloved uh, people of his in, in, in Thessalonica, had become shaken in mind and they'd become troubled. And so he's writing to help them with this. And what they've become shaken in mind and troubled about is, is where they found themselves in relation to what was going on in, in their lives and in their, their location there. Really, they were being persecuted. They felt like maybe they were under the wrath of God. <laughs> they felt like maybe the, the day of the Lord had descended upon them. <laughs> And uh, they think, well, maybe we, you know, maybe we misunderstood this whole thing about, you know, uh, uh, Jesus taking us out of here. And, and maybe we're living in the time where we're, you know, we're facing this, this, this persecution and this, and this wrath of God. It says that you soon, not soon be shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, or as the, uh, that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that uh, that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. And we can see here, this is the little horn, 
And this is uh, the beast. And here he's called a man of sin. Or that is worship so that he, uh, he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what uh, withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time, says there. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who uh, letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed. See that there? There's, there's, there's great clues in that passage. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with all power and signs and lying and wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now that is a, that is a, a, a remarkable, astounding, um, scary truth. That those who don't believe the truth and as John chapter 3 talks about, they don't believe the truth ultimately because they have pleasure in their unrighteousness. <laughs> They're not thinking the big picture. They're thinking, I'm having so much fun today that I don't really want to think about what God has to say to me. And even remarkably, if it's the message of eternal life and the pleasures with God forever, I'm so focused on my pleasures here, my earthly pleasures, that I don't want to do business with God. God says if they don't come to the truth during this life in which they, 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 they're, they're giving them the opportunity to do, and even uh, um, after some things that are going to happen here, there's still evidently going to be opportunity, but most people are going to believe the lie, and they're not going to, uh, they're not going to turn uh, to the truth. Now, we live not in the time of the Antichrist or the man of sin. We live in the time of, of the church and the age of grace. We live in that time. I mean, the axe, it's there. But it's resting. <laughs> it's not being swung yet. The axe is resting, the Bible says, upon the trunk of the tree. And this is the time. This is the gracious time of provision of God for people to respond to truth, to respond to the gospel. Because there's going to come a time when either that opportunity is gone or things are going to be so deceptive the people are going to be hard-pressed to even see the truth or to, to believe the truth. Well, by the time 2 Thessalonians was written, a lot of false information had entered this church. Whether it's by incorrect interpretation or prophecy or by a false letter written by an imposter in Paul's name, some believe, um, something had shaken the faith of this church in the belief about the end times. And they were under the impression that due to the persecution they were suffering, that they were experiencing the end time of wrath that God had for the tribulation time. And Paul uses the book of 2 Thessalonians here to reassure them that this was not, uh, that this was not uh, the, the case. And so let's, let's go back to, uh, to some passages in 1 Thessalonians. Let's get some more framework uh, for this. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4. We'll look at verses 14 to 18. 1 Thessalonians 4. These are things that have already been taught to this church. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 14 to 18. 
It says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So there, there are those that have died. It uses a sleep in the sense that, that they're, they haven't been annihilated. There is, it were, a sleep. Okay? Um, in Jesus, God will bring with him. So these are people that were in Jesus. They're now uh, uh, dead. That, that there will be a day when their bodies will, will go to be with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are uh, alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. And so he's saying, you know, there, there, there's, there's the potential of you being alive. See that again here? There's the potential of you being alive when Jesus comes. And so it is today. And he says, for the Lord himself, look at this, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then, which we, uh, then we which are alive. And Paul's thinking, this could be us. We may be alive for this. Shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so that is a great comfort. Whatever is going on, whatever is going to happen, uh, look, if we, if, we, if we die in the meantime, uh, you know, on that day, our, our, our bodies are going to be risen to, to meet our spirits, and we're going to be with the Lord forever. If we're alive when Jesus comes, won't that be a, a moment uh, to talk about for eternity, right? In the twinkling of an eye, it says, something's going to happen that will uh, be the biggest rush we've ever had, I guarantee it. And uh, it says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And these are a great comfort. These are a great comfort. And then let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's look at verses 1 through 6. It says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. So this is talking here about the day of the Lord. This is talking about a time of, of, of judgment and the wrath of God. And... Uh, you know, they're going to be peace and safety. And that's part of what the, uh, you know, what the, 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 uh, the man of sin, uh, the little horn, the beast is going to bring about for a while. He's going to be able to manufacture, you know, man-made peace on earth. But man-made peace is always a flash in the pan if it doesn't include the, the prince of peace, right? And so they're going to say, this is great. You know, our guy, he's led to global uh, peace and global safety. Isn't that the word of the day? Right? Everybody just wants to find a way to be 100% safe in this old fallen world. Um, that's not never going to happen. Uh, you know, until, until, until Jesus comes back and rules. But peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that th that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be, and be sober. So we're, we're walking in light of whole different truths. This is the, 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 that, that worry and that concern is, is not for us um, as believers, is what, he's, uh, is what he is, seems to be um, communicating there. Then if you go down to verses 9 through 11, verses 9 through 11, it says, for God hath not appointed us to what? To wrath. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be preserved from this wrath, this time of wrath. Who died for us, that whether we be awake or asleep, we should live together with him. 
Wherefore, comfort yourself, again, it says together, and edify one another, even um, as also ye do. And so chapters 4 and 5, they flow together. There will be a gathering of all believers supernaturally to meet Jesus in the air, to be taken to heaven, described in chapter 4. Following this, there will be a day of the Lord where the unbeliever, unbelieving world will be shocked and overtaken and punished in God's wrath, described in, in chapter 5. But this is not something that believers need to worry about because they are not appointed to wrath. This is why Paul tells the church to comfort one another with this information as they share it. And this was good news, and it's good news for Christians today. Now, with that being said, never does the Bible, never does the Bible tell us that we're not going to be without troubles in this world. Not as the wrath of God upon us, but as the wrath of the wicked one who knows his time is but short. And we may suffer persecution in Jesus' name, and if we do, we glory in that because we're identifying with him. And, you know, if, if, we, if, if the promise to the church was that they were never going to be persecuted, then uh, God lied to a lot of places on earth today even. And we know that that's not true because God does not lie. He is truth, 100%. But what the Bible does teach us is that we're not appointed to wrath like those that reject God are. And so, again, there would be those that, that would disagree with me on this, and, this, and that's okay. But it seems to me, within the spirit of the fact, that we can expect Jesus to come back today, <laughs> any day. I mean, Jesus taught that. Paul taught that. John taught that. Peter taught that. James taught that. We live in full expectation of him coming back. We need to be ready for that. And there are those that look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and they believe that they're saying, look, we're, that's not, Jesus isn't going to come back until the, the, uh, the man of sin is revealed. And whereas, you know, I, I may not be able to 100% be dogmatic that that's not what that passage is saying. I'm convinced personally that that's not what it's saying because it doesn't fit to me the spirit of the rest of the Scripture and even the, 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 uh, comparing uh, Scripture against Scripture and taking the whole counsel of the Word of God. And so again, when we look back, if we go back to, uh, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the fact that these Christians were struggling here, they felt like they were in the day of the Lord, as it were, in the day of wrath. And Paul is saying to them, look, no, because, see, in order for you to be in the day of wrath, the man of sin would have already have appeared and been, be revealed. This time of peace that he fabricated would have already gone by for a while. And then the day of wrath would have come on that. And you haven't seen that happen, have you, people at Thessalonica? You haven't seen that the man of, of, of sin has been revealed. And there hasn't been this, this global peace to speak of. That's going to be interrupted as a thief in the night by this great travail that it speaks of there. And so he's saying to them, get back to the truth that I already taught you. You focus on Jesus and you live in full expectation of him coming back to take you out of here. <laughs> And then some of these other things are going to unfold. It doesn't mean we're not going to have problems. It doesn't mean that sometimes the wrath of God is going to strike pretty close to us. <laughs> Depending on who you're standing next to, right? But, uh, you know, God, God loves everybody. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And remember, 
uh, James and John, they were like, some of these people here, God, Jesus, they deserve the wrath of God. In fact, uh, would you like to just speak on your behalf, us call down lightning right now and smoke them? Well, that wasn't, they'll paraphrase a little bit there. Uh, but Jesus said, look, you know, that's, that's not the spirit you're supposed to have. You let me figure all that out. For now, you remember this. We're here to help people. We're here because people need the truth. People need to be spared from the wrath to come. And, uh, and so when it comes to, you know, the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, some of these other prophetic scriptures, these are written primarily for believers. Revelation was written for believers to glory in the Lord Jesus Christ and to be burdened for the lost. You say, as a Christian, how should I respond to these truths? Well, I'll tell you how to respond uh, to them. You go to the Bible. And tonight when we come together, we're going to look at, at, at the, the Christian response. Because we've seen the character of the little horn, and we've seen his counterpart, uh, uh, the beast there in Revelation 13. And, 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 and we've seen sort of the chronology of how things are going to happen here this morning. And tonight we're going to see, okay, as a Christian, how do I fit into all this? And what we'll do is we'll, we'll take the, the, the chronology, um, just the aspects of that and, and, and the scriptural uh, evidence of that a little further. We'll, we'll expound on that a bit, and then we'll just spend some time just glorying together, you know, as Christians, the great plan that we're a part of, and uh, how we just always have purpose and meaning in the midst of it, and uh, what a privilege it is to represent Jesus in the time that he's given us here. These are great days to be a Christian. They really are. Now, I like to bat around the, the current events just as much as the next guy. And I do quite a bit of that, that actually. Um, and I like to, uh, you know, I like to, I like to hash it up a little bit and, and talk about this thing that's going on, that thing that's going on, and uh, it's a little outrageous at times, a little absurd, and maybe a lot absurd. But, you know, <laughs> within all of that, we're citizens of heaven as Christians. And the Prince of Peace, when he comes here, and he's in direct government for a thousand years, like the Bible talks in the chronology after these, these things. That's all going to be taken care of. And he's going to sort it all out. You look at all the tangled mess that's going on on earth right now, you think any human being come along and sort that all out? Even this great, you know, uh, savior of the world that they're going to look at as the, 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 he's the false Messiah, but they're going to look at as the Messiah. And he's going to be persuasive. And he's going to speak great things. And they're going to, he's going to be actually be worshipped. He's only going to manage to be able to, you know, to, to kick that can down the road for a little while. And then it's all going to, it's going to be worse than ever after that. And when it's worse than ever by what man can accomplish, that gives even more glory to God when he comes and shows his splendor. And that's exactly what it all heads towards. Now look, when you think about it all giving the glory to God eventually, aren't you glad that you can just be a little part of that right now for your life to give glory to God? How many years you got to give that? You don't know, do you? It's just a, it's just a short time. It's but a vapor. It's just a short time right now where you have the opportunity and the privilege to make the choice to give glory to God in your life. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, forever. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that uh, 
These things will resonate in our hearts. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your great plan. We know that we can live in joyous expectation of your return for us. Lord, we look forward to that greatly. More and more each day. But Lord, thank you, thank you that in the meantime, you've given us uh, a work to do and, and uh, the privilege to carry that out by your grace. And uh, so, Lord, I uh, pray that you'd help us with that. Help each Christian here to have that resolve and that focus. Lord, for those uh, that may be here this morning that have never put their trust in Jesus as their personal Savior, oh, Lord, one day that's all that's going to matter. That's the only thing that's going to matter one day. So, Lord,